From the team that brought you the award-winning show Retro Replay and the Emmy-nominated comedy series Con Man comes a new idea just crazy enough to be good. Introducing Couch Soup. I know, I know, you're probably wondering, what is Couch Soup? Well, Couch Soup is content for your hungry nerd soul. Daily articles from fans, not pundits. Weekly podcasts that contain a multiverse of opinions on all things pop culture. Exclusive videos and weekly live streams where we laugh, scream, and sometimes have technical difficulties. All created by folks like you, the gamers, the film nerds, the TV bingers, comic book lovers, bookworms, and pop culture enthusiasts, all in one giant bowl of beautiful, disgusting, soupy goodness at CouchSoup.com. Welcome to the Monarch Files, weekly breakdown of each episode of Monarch Legacy of Monsters, part of the Watching Now series on Couch Soup at CouchSoup.com and Couch Soup on YouTube. On the task force, we have Brandy. Hello. Tom. What up? And guest Godzilla fan, Alex McCumbers. Ahoy there. Ahoy. <laughs> Welcome, Alex. <laughs> Man, I love Godzilla. Yeah. This is a great day. <laughs> and also, of course, me, Dan Morris. I'm your host, but nobody cares. So we're going to move on. <laughs> we can't, Dan. It was very yeah, adamant that nobody cared last time. Hey, it's okay. We've changed in a week. We love you, Dan. Sure. Anyway, I'm glad that Alice can join us because I know that uh, you are also a very large Godzilla fan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was really excited to bring in some more uh, really passionate Godzilla fans that, like myself. Tom here is kind of a, I think, sort of, I don't know, something to do with Big Monkey. Yeah, I was <laughs> not going to say it. I, I was not going to say I, it. I enjoy some Godzilla uh, entertainment now and then. However, I have not watched all of them. Fair, Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Even I haven't watched all of them. I don't mm-hmm. think most of them. I have. I, you, you have watched more than me. Mm-hmm. I can guarantee that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, this week we got episode three, Monarch Legacy of Monsters, Secrets and mm-hmm. Lies. So let's kick things off with our non-spoiler first impressions for this episode. Uh, screw the cliffhanger, like seriously. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was a really good episode. I really enjoyed it. I am loving the action sequences. I'm enjoying the mysteries. I want to know more. I have to know more. So I'm I'm in it. I'm in it. I, I agree. This is where I think the show really is starting to come into its own. And I hope that it maintains this level of like pace and excitement because a lot of the first two episodes was a lot of buildup getting to the characters, obviously. But this one, like we're really starting to figure out like no monarch is kind of everywhere and they're really messing with a lot of things in this world. And so I'm excited to see like where they take that mystery and how that maybe affects other MonsterVerse uh, properties. I enjoyed the episode. However, I was more engaged with the first two. I feel like this episode had a lot of big moments. I was like, damn, these are cool, but it didn't feel as consistent to me. And I enjoyed the pacing of episodes one and two more so. But like, yeah. And also like, fuck the cliffhanger as well. Um, (laughs) But yeah, that was my main takeaway was just like, these are really cool moments, but I'm not as engaged but still mm-hmm. enjoyable if that makes any sort of sense mm-hmm. sure yeah i mean especially from your perspective <clears throat> i think i can understand what you're getting at uh, for me as well I, there's a lot of like big oh shit moments in this episode that really struck with me as a long time godzilla fan uh we'll mm-hmm. get into that when we get into the spoiler section but that man that was like really cool for me to see some of the those bits um come back in this show the way they did and yeah, the, the cliffhanger sucks, but man, it's got us waiting with bated breath for the next episode to come and see that resolution of everything it built up to. So I'm, I'm pretty happy with that episode. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of the better, stronger ones of the three that we've gotten already. I would agree with that. Yep. Yeah. So let's move on to our spoiler review. Mm-hmm. 
So this episode opened up on uh, where the last episode closed, where Kate, Kentaro, and May are talking to 2015 Shaw uh, in that Monarch holding facility. I don't really know what else to call it. Retirement home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Old Papal Tarn. Yes. With uh, ankle shackles. Ankle monitors <laughs> and cameras mm. everywhere that don't camera. listen. Yeah. So Shaw... It was mm, very pretty. It had all that like Zen garden action going on everywhere. The pruning. Mm-hmm. So Shaw asked them <laughs> if they really want to fi- know what happened to their dad because he doesn't believe any of the monarch truths, lies, whichever they are. Um, and they hop into the minivan that they use to get there. Uh, Shaw, of course, saying that he's going to drive, but he doesn't know how to start <laughs> a push button <laughs> car, which, you know, that was some good humor. It's a really funny bit. Yeah, that mm-hmm. part was pretty good. Like, how do you start this thing? Like, holy crap, he's driving shit. <laughs> Which was a great line, too. Yeah. When uh, Kate uh, said something about his driving, and he's like, you should have seen your grandmother's. Yeah. <laughs> Some interesting little, like, shuffling. They're they're doing flips and spins with this little minivan that's like, yeah, I don't think you can get away with doing that with a little minivan like that, but whatever, it's fun. Um, no, that's not true. They finally get out of there, and you get the close-up <laughs> shot on Shaw, where he's just smiling a big grin because he's found his freedom. Um, there's a really cool transition shot there, but before we get into it, uh, do you guys have any other thoughts or remarks on that scene? For me, this is the start of where I like, reinforced a bit more why I think that Shaw is the actual grandfather. Because, well, for one, he said Hiroshi's more of a son than a nephew to me, so I'm like, uh, that's you're yeah. hiding something mm-hmm. there. And the fact he, the way he was interacting with Kate, even Kentaro, felt more like, I'm your grandpap. I'm going to mm. tell you what to do because your pap, he's a bit of a dick, but like, he's, he's, I'm going to help him. And I don't know. It just, it felt more of the, uh, more of a familiar, familial family bond um, mm. than just like a, uh, I knew your parents one time sort of deal. Mm. That was my big takeaway. And I did like that transition as well, but I think you want to get into that later. So we'll leave it for now. I like the idea of there being like these really important people that they just don't want to keep out and about and so monarch has the ability to like control these people by giving them a really good deal like hey you can go retire in one of our facilities you're going to be watched all the time but at least it's going to be exceptionally peaceful and you'll be cared for and it's also interesting the shaw just like has an exit strategy as soon as the kids show up he's like all right today's the day let's do this let's go (laughs) yeah it feels more like a prison than anything i would hate it but like he's one of the founding members of monarch like there's got to be something more that they're keeping him under wraps for. Like well, there's, mm-hmm. there's something else. Cause he but, mentioned that mo- it, he mentioned it was no longer what they started it as. So it could have yeah. been like after Keiko and Randa went away, people kind of came in and because he's not a scientist, doesn't know stuff like, cool. Mm-hmm. We're going to do this. This is what you want. Right. And he goes, no, they go all people home. Mm-hmm. You're going Corporate into greed. the letter that you see, uh, I think in episode two, that it's like the, the letter for him to go to the retirement place. Mm-hmm. And it, and it's like, it's all like, you've been, you know, voluntold <laughs> to retire. Yeah. It's interesting that Hiroshi had that letter. But whatever. Yeah. yeah. Another the, little tidbit right that maybe get, that's his dad. Right before we get into that transition, there's a great shot where they're driving away and Mount Fuji's in the background. Mm-hmm. That's a great shot because Mount Fuji shows up in a lot of Godzilla iconography. And so it's it's cool to like see that element of Japan again. And this is a very Japanese oriented show. So it's yeah. the actually, setting is definitely doing wonders for it. I actually yeah. audibly was like, ooh, Mount Fuji as soon as he I, did say uh, that. <laughs> <laughs> in that exact time, just, ooh, Mount Fuji. Yeah. Are you guys doing group watches? Oh, that sounds like fun. We live together. Yeah, they live together. Oh, that'll do it. Say, <laughs> <laughs> that'll Alex do it. Doesn't know that. <laughs> so yeah, moving on. There is this amazing transition shot that I think mm-hmm. only works in this show because they have Wyatt and Kurt Russell. They have almost the exact same face, so they have this amazing fade transition mm-hmm. from uh, Kurt's face to Wyatt's face, okay. and it's like they locked it in on the jaw. Yeah. Like you can mm-hmm. you it's see perfect. the jaw line as they transition from 2015 to 1954, uh, where we catch up with um, Shaw, Keiko, and Randa uh, a few years after where we saw them last. And they're now waiting for a general to come where they're going to propose a plan uh, 
to basically kickstart um, this investigation into a giant footprint that they found. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they go into the hangar, they're showing off this giant footprint, which is presumably Godzilla's. The general is obviously taken aback by it. And they propose this plan of luring out this giant creature with 150 pounds of uranium. Uh, and the general has this comment about how that's equal to the bombs they dropped on Japan. Keiko is clearly yeah. upset by that statement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like uh, impact. <clears throat> yeah, and he, like, you can see it in the general. So he kind of has this little like, mm, uh, yeah. Whoops. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, Opie dies. Yeah, I kind of appreciate that they had that moment that they allowed the general to realize like, ooh, that was a little insensitive. There's a lot of Keiko squaring up against a lot of different authority figures in the show, and I appreciate that. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. And then um, the trio explains how they believe the Titans feed on radiation uh, and that they can use it to lure them out. Then the general is finally swayed by Shaw when he tells them that the creature of the size would be an existential threat to global security, which is mm-hmm. kind of like the nail in the coffin that gets the general to approve their plan. Do we want to touch the on teleportation? The oh, right. <laughs> not <laughs> teleportation. <laughs> <laughs> Aliens. Uh, as far as the year, I did say it's 1954. What are your thoughts on mm-hmm. that, Alex? That's a significant year. It's a good year. It so very much say. is. That's, Absolutely. That's the year that the original Godzilla film was put out. And so 1954 is like a big number for a lot of this franchise. Mm-hmm. And and so it's cool that we're actually getting storylines within that context. Yeah. And that even goes back to the Godzilla 2014 movie when uh, Sarazawa is showing the monarch footage and he's he references the test in Bikini Atoll in 1954. Mm-hmm. And he's like, those tests yep. weren't tests. They mentioned Sarazawa somewhere in this episode. I think. They, do. they did. Yes, mm-hmm. we're getting to that. <clears throat> I have one that is something that annoys me greatly. Okay. <laughs> so at the end of last episode, episode two, we had that cliffhanger of them with the dragon on the launch in the Philippines. And mm-hmm. this time it just kind of skips over that. It's like, it's like just, they'll, they're fine. They make it through. That fucking annoys me. Cause I'm like, don't leave me a cliffhanger and then just blue ball me. Like show me at least them, mm. like, show them getting away. It could be like a five, two second thing where like, Oh, cool dragon. And even if he fucks off, it's like, wow, that was crazy. That's all I need. Cause now I'm like, did they fight the dragon? Did they kill it? Did they just, you know, jerk it off? I don't know. That's a good point. <laughs> and it, it frustrates me. And it, it's something that I hope that doesn't continue is with the, the, so that's gonna be the start is, of the next episode too. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I swear to God, like, because it annoys me. I hope to God that they don't go the way of the past is just, Oh, we're going to go to different time periods. And like, if it matches up with the present day, sure. But mm-hmm. it still annoys me. Great. Cause like it, it doesn't feel like the past is co- as consistent in storytelling. It's just like, here's bits and pieces. And if they're going to do parallel stories, commit to it. And mm, maybe it'll come back though. Yeah. Yeah, further down the line. Maybe they'll do another flip back to the, the dragon scene. And maybe after the series is done, there's a way, if you were to cut all the different scenes from the different time periods just together, they would one. be one long consistent storyline. Yeah. Cool. But like, I feel like that would annoy me even more because it's like you could have just done this from the fucking beginning. Jesus. <laughs> it's, it's fun to mess with audiences that way, though. Yeah, I like I the dragon it. scene because it, it changes their perspective on reality. And I've been thinking about this a lot because I recently watched uh, mm-hmm. the anime, not the old anime of Berserk, where whenever they meet one of the giant monsters for the first time, they're like, oh, no, demons are real. And it completely changes their whole perspective on life. And Mm -hmm. so that's kind of what happens here in this show is they're like, oh, everything we thought was probably correct. And now we need to address that in this fashion. The other thing that I'll mention about this footprint is that every time I see a footprint in a Godzilla film, it makes me think of the TriStar Godzilla film, the 98 one in America. Right. Mm. And so there's that classic scene where they're standing in the footprint and the shot pulls out and he's like, what what are you even what are we looking at here? Yeah, he doesn't know what he's standing in the footprint. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, where also, how did they move this? <laughs> I, yeah, but also, where, where did they get Cut it? Cut it out. It is in like, sections. I see that now because I've got mm. it loaded up here on the side. They mm. like sectioned it oh, off. Somehow. Okay. Uh, There's clear uh, like cut lines. Answers. Like, <laughs> like idea that they could have done to resolve the cliffhanger: have the dragon fly away because they hear something roaring. Then they go find it. It's like, oh, it's a footprint. That's it. Then you could cut to two years later. 
And I would be like, cool, that paid off the cliffhanger. What, I wouldn't be surprised if that was like maybe a deleted scene or something. They're like, oh no, we got to cut this episode down to 42 minutes instead of 50 minutes. So that's, that's not a fucking deal. That's a good way to resolve it, though, and would give us the immediate like vicinity yeah. of you know, there's multiple yeah. monsters and, you know, mm-hmm. territories Which and stuff. Which then would lead into like how they know Godzilla's path. It's like, oh, he's here. And because of these radiations, so we can track him into the next whatever. Yeah, I mean, we can assume that. Yeah, I mean, these are all little. It'd be nice to say, like, hopefully they're resolved because these Mm -hmm. are going to be the things that when the show is over and these aren't resolved, if they don't ever give us what we're asking for, those are going to be the things that we're going to be like, yeah, but it didn't do this, so we're kind Mm -hmm. of annoyed with that, and the show is going to ultimately like lose some uh, some faith in that respect. Yeah, Yeah, those are the nitpicks. Mm -hmm. But also, like again, forty-two minutes. Why do they keep reducing time? I think uh, Lily would agree with me that it's bullshit. <laughs> yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> like, I can't uh, justify what that reasoning next is. is. <clears throat> next week is 41. Yeah. Yeah. You'd be I'm a shorter. Bet. <laughs> the last episode is a three hour spectacular. Let's go. Bring it. <laughs> yeah, <door>. right. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Snyder cut of, drag- of Godzilla mm. episodes. Oh, God. So the next part is uh, an interesting one. It's kind of like a pretty, like not a lot happens for the most part, but it's 2015 again. We've got Shaw, May, Kate, and Kentaro. They're on a ferry in the minivan. Uh, May is questioning Shaw about his age, saying that he must be 90 years old. And he shrugs it off and says, eh, it must be good genes. Hmm. Mm-hmm. But then we started to think about it. It's like, wait a minute. We see him in the 50s, where he's 20, 30 years old, give or take. Now we're in 2015, which is 70 years later. Like, okay, he is actually probably in his 90s, at least. So then it's like, what is going on? Like, how is he as young looking, as capable, as mobile? Like, Mm. granted, there's some spry 90 year olds out there, but (laughs) he's looking pretty (laughs) good for 90. Well, the retirement package comes with a great nutritional program. I'm yeah, sure. Right? Uh, Modest medical advancements. This is what started to lead us to the theory that uh, his involvement with Monarch possibly got him some sort of advanced medicine. Possibly, mm. because that's what they were talking about when they were researching Titans to begin with. And the starting of Monarch was looking for like cures to cancer, different medicine, mm-hmm. alternative energy sources. Like there were all these things they were trying to investigate. So now it's like, is Shaw like the recipient product of that? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I didn't even pick up on this at all. I'm glad you mm-hmm. elaborated on it because it was right over my head. Yeah. It went yeah, over my head the first few episodes because I was like, "Oh yeah, he's he's pretty old," but I didn't like put a thought into it beyond that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it it could be it could be that he just has like said good genes and it's just a throwaway, but it could also be a reason why they keep him under lock and key. Like another reason. Be, I was like, going to say that leans into that exactly. theory. Why? It does yeah. Like, I think if, be fit. if you think mm-hmm. about Randa back in the seventies in like Skull Island, he was he was looking pretty old. Mm-hmm. So that was the seventies. Mm. So oh, yeah, that is the same character, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Hmm. I haven't seen Skull That's Island what... since GVK came out. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, Randa is from like the John Goodman character from Skull Island. Oh, got it. He's also the first one to see both Godzilla and Khan as well. I've realized that as well. Mm. He's the first one to see them both. That's mm. true. Um, but no, I'm I'm fifty fifty on that theory that he has like weird monarch medicine. Like it'd be interesting if that was the case because that just mm. opens up the door to so many other things they could be doing. Mm. But I don't know. Like they had him on lockdown. Like there's something else there. There has mm. to be. I would just my like, conspiracy theory, my my foil hat <laughs> happening here. Where's your white bulb with string? Right. Yeah, bust it out. <laughs> Roll I'm working it out. on it. <clears throat> I, I would have considered it a throwaway if they didn't reference his age multiple multiple times. times. Yeah, true. There's multiple <laughs> references, and I we're getting to those too. Next thing, the biggest part I think in this entire episode in the show so far, we go back to 1954. We're at the Bikini Atoll. And the scene sets up what to me is one of the best things that I've been hoping for out of anything. I never thought I would ever see done. They basically reenact the moments from the Godzilla 2014 movies opening credits, as well as the Monarch 
presentation that Sarazawa does where you see all the, the first footage of Godzilla doing the nuclear testing and we get the bomb, which it's kind of an Easter egg because we actually see the bomb just like it was in the Godzilla 2014 movie. Exactly the same mm-hmm. bomb with the same drawn image of what looks like Godzilla, even though none of those people had seen Godzilla yet. So it's like a monster. And then they have like the crossed out <clears throat> X on it, essentially. And uh, that to me was just like goosebumps seeing that come together. Um, and of course, in typical fashion, uh, Randa, Keiko, and Shaw arrive. And they see that the military has brought a bomb. And Shaw goes to talk to the general and says, like, you know, we want to study this creature, not kill it. And the general in the very military-esque way is like, will you ask for the army's help? This is it. This is how we do things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and expresses like how much he had to go through to get the uranium. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is probably one of my favorite scenes slash setups for the, the follow-up scene uh, in the show so far. Would agree with that. It is definitely mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. one of the strongest. It's got a lot of elements. It's got the historical background. Uh, you get to see all the things from that opening credit sequence you were talking about. And then, of course, it shows Godzilla and it shows people interacting with Godzilla in the first fashion and also kind of points to like why he's pretty strong whenever we see him in 2014. <laughs> he's all juiced up on, on that good radium. Yeah. The, the armor, like the interesting, like why does he have that armor? And like Keiko is like to protect him from us basically. And I was like, yeah, like mm-hmm. it was just the shot up his tail and his back. And I was like, Ooh, Loved it. That looked really good so for TV good. as well. Mm. Yeah. Really good for TV. Yeah, all the monsters look pretty good for for a television show, don't they? Mm-hmm. I think the mm. shot the show is like nicely produced overall. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. it looks overall quality is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There was another line in that scene that I wanted to shout out again because there's another part that feels very atypical for military personnel within TVs and movies. Like the first scene with the general acknowledging Keiko's discomfort, as well as in this shot, the general actually says, I understand this isn't what they want, referencing the scientists. Like the fact that he's even aware and cognizant of Mm -hmm. that at all is Mm -hmm. a whole nother level of writing when it comes to like your atypical, like military general type in a TV show. And I, I appreciate that little fact that I think they, it it's, makes it a little bit more human. It makes it a little less like the, the military is just this blanket sheet of yeah. awfulness. You know? <clears throat> less robotic. Right. Like, kill all the things. <laughs> just kill it. Kill kill it just kill, kill it. it. Kill all and it's the like, things. He's just like, <laughs> I only have one star. Like, you know, there's so many other like levels up that I had to go. Kind of. Yeah, it's like, this That's is like, like the best I could do for you. And mm-hmm. like, you just deal with it. Yeah. All right. So then back in 2015, we see May is talking on the phone with an unknown person and she's talking about coming back soon. We don't know who she's talking to. We don't know exactly why she's talking to this person. Uh, And then you realize that she's using an old like flip phone that she then tosses into the ocean. Like, oh, okay, that was a burner phone. Mm -hmm. And Kentaro is there and confronts her. And she's definitely upset about everything that's happened and getting dragged along into all this. And then it cuts to Shaw. Shaw's talking about everything that he's been having to do to get them where they're going. And then we get to Pohang in South Korea where they're going through customs. This is kind of like a <laughs> silly-ish little scene where he's doing the back and forth like, oh, we're in this like, line. I no need way, to be we in line Because <laughs> we see line one for backpack, yeah. you know South Korean passports and line two for foreign passports. Do you speak English? You know, backpack. <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely some good, funny dialogue in this bit. And uh, the ultimate come around of that is when they are getting escorted off into an armored car. And uh, you've come to find out that one of these guards is a friend of Shaw's. And he, like, you know, bashes him in the ribs and then pushes the other guy in the truck. And uh, Shaw says about, like, you you can't pull your punches. He's like, you got to make it look real, man. Yeah. I love how Kate's just like, you're such an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> like, fucking dickhead, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> like Again, them, like, Shaw had a, he had an exit strategy. Oh yeah. This was yeah. a part of the plan. He had this all planned out. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Like he's playing chess, everyone else is playing checkers. Like he's just mm-hmm. like, 
Yeah, you got to imagine he's probably been plotting this for years, especially if he's been in that home for since the seventies. Mm-hmm. Like he's been ready for this the, for a while. It's the monster genes, the good genes. <laughs> Those monster genes. <laughs> <laughs> Which again, this is another reference to. Sorry, Sherlock let me go age. to my tinfoil hat again. I'm just in the Godzilla pair of genes. Just like I have my monster genes. He's got the G cells. <laughs> he's got some G cells in him. He's got some G fuel. Right. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Cut to sponsor. Monster. <laughs> 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 Godzilla flavor. Try it now. This episode of Monarch Files is brought to you by <laughs> Monster Energy Drink. <laughs> Feeling old uh, and 90 years old? Have some monster. <laughs> you run so fast and piss blood. Guaranteed. Damn. <laughs> to wrap up the scene. Squirt out your nipples. What? There's another reference to Shaw's age because Duho comments to him saying you look younger every time. So it's like, mm. this is again, there's another mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, like I'm assumingly he hasn't seen this person in, let's couple decades. <laughs> 40 or 50 years? I don't know yeah. how long he's been cooped up in that place. Uh, but it's been a while, and again, I can't not think about the fact that they're referencing how old he may or may not be at this point. It's definitely it definitely made me think like, no, it, there's gotta be something something there those monster genes like i said i said it my big thing from like that whole like section besides it being funny with the south korean stuff was i kentaro i still don't like him and i still think he is so narrow-minded and so he's still so selfish to a point where i'm just like i still i hate you i don't like you (laughs) like kate's cool like she's also selfish but in a cool way you're selfish in a dick way like and you're trying to be like, oh, no, I got to keep files. And like you said, he was put on the spot and it was just like, uh, I got nothing. It was like, yeah, eat shit, fucker. You don't know shit. <laughs> I'm really sorry if I'm, if I'm swearing way too much. I'll turn it back That's down. But still don't like Kentaro. That was my main takeaway. Because I, I, He was starting to come around a bit to me, but then like with May and he was like, oh, just go. It's my mess. It's like, yeah, but you put her in this mess and she mm-hmm. can't leave now because of you. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, you, you tell him that, May. Yeah, I, he's a bit of a stick in the mud right now, but I think maybe eventually he'll come open back around. Up. It's called yeah. character growth. Yeah, and like so. Kate's just kind of like, I hate everyone and everything <laughs> because like my dad's a cheater. Like fuck all you people, you know. Yeah, and it's like funny. you obviously love your father. Like mm-hmm. it's obvious, but she's so pissed off that she just like hates everyone and everything right now. So it's just like okay she's going to calm down a bit and relax like her sphincter and <laughs> he's going to have to do the same thing. Like just mm. let it go. Yeah. I do hope we see growth on either side because yeah. obviously these characters are very flawed. And so yeah. it'd be interesting to yeah. see that come to fruition in some shape or form. And may is a secret agent. I know that. Yeah. She's gotta be. It's may. They keep, they're keeping may. So like secretive. Yeah. And- like we don't so little about She's her. She's like, I have my passport. <laughs> I kind of assumed she was just talking to her mom or her grandma or something. On a and murder was like, Really like paranoid a, like a about being tracked. So she just like a it was like a partner or something like a girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever. Um, Could be. Just had a thought though. Who? What was the group in Godzilla Two that was like trying to help Godzilla with like um, Ken Watanabe and all that stuff? Like they had like a separate group that was at Monarch. Maybe she's like in japan Maybe. for them i thought they were still monarch in that the ones that were, were trying they? to help them yeah, because monarch, the oh. bad guys in that movie were a different group of like a private military force they were the ones that they took the lady doctor and they were using her to wake up all the other titans mm. and then i believe it was my assumption again i have to revisit that movie but i'm pretty sure it was monarch who was chasing them trying to stop them okay well, maybe she's with the terrorists then. What was the other character's name? Uh, the which one, May or the which Ken Watanabe guy? I forgot Watanabe. what character's name was. Which one are you referring Ken, to? Ken Watanabe, he's the actor, so I don't know what character in the movie. That's Sarazawa. Mm-hmm. Oh. He's Sarazawa. Okay. Is he the one that does the sacrifice at the yeah. in King yeah. of the Monsters? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because they were part of Monarch. He's one of the main assets. Him and his assistant, like the lady assistant who dies shortly yeah. before then 
He's a lead monarch <laughs> biologist, according to the okay. Godzilla Phantom Wiki. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So just, I'm, like, I'm pretty sure that's monarch. But there could be layers within monarch of like yeah. people trying to do certain things because clearly, like that one dude Tim. who in the next Tim. scene gets kind of whomped <laughs> on. Yeah. He was trying to fulfill his own agenda. Yeah. Right. He's he's got his own thing going on. And he's and just then, some guy, right? Like, yeah, and all then, sorts of these things happening. Mm, we talked about that a little bit too. Tim. Like, what exactly is Tim working towards? Like, what's Tim's goal in all of this? Which, so we get that scene with Tim and he's with his partner, Duval. Um, mm-hmm. And they're on an airstrip. There's this really ominous looking black jet that's like getting ready to offload. And then this woman walks off that I'm assuming, presumably, this is Verdugo. Verdugo, yeah. Uh, referenced in the first episode. Mm-hmm. Um, that may or may not be true. This is purely presumptuous. Mm-hmm. That that's because that's who they referenced in the f- original episode. Um, she really quickly dismisses Tim and talks to Duval, um, and then Duval gets a call or message saying that they found Shaw and the kids, and then gets sent on a mission to go get Shaw. Yeah, but first, who we assume is Verdugo, like pulls Tim aside and is like. Um, you know, are you like, why didn't you bring this to me or to Sarazawa? These are happening at the same time. Yeah. So like Duvall's mm-hmm. getting the the call about yeah. Shaw while on the other side, Verdugo's talking to Tim and she specifically says, you know, like, you know, why wasn't this brought to me or Dr. Sarazawa? Yeah. So that means Sarazawa and these people are working closely together at this point. And like, Tim yeah. was doing his own thing, like for whatever mm-hmm. reason, mm-hmm. he's got this like agenda against is it Shaw or is it against Randa? Yeah, like uh, Hiroshi, mm-hmm. like because as soon as he saw that, you know, Kentaro mm-hmm. was Hiroshi's kid, he's like, oh, shit. So yeah, because it seems like a lot of what they're using as their motivation is, oh, we want to prevent G-Day from happening again. And there's mm-hmm. clearly a lot more to it than that. Oh, yeah. There's some underhanded stuff of Tim. <laughs> well, it, it could be that because in Godzilla 2, Monarch is trying to, because now it's Monarch, they were trying to find Godzilla and find other monsters. So maybe these files could lead them to some, and Tim's like, I do not want that. So he's kind of going against the Monarch in that way. Because like, it's I like think if Tim they, just wants a promotion. <laughs> I, I don't think yeah, he's all, that bright. All that too. <laughs> I was trying to find some good in him. I mean, um, the default like crazy understands crazy. So she straight up called him crazy. It's <laughs> true. Maybe he he's the one who starts the terrorist group. Maybe. Mm, maybe. Yeah, because you got to think how this show is taking place between Godzilla 2014 and then King of the Monsters, which mm-hmm. is relatively mm-hmm. three, four years later, I believe, if it's yeah. Yeah. If I remember correctly. So this there could be a lot of events in this show that potentially lead up to or pertain to that because by King of the Monsters, we know there are monarch bases and facilities all over the world that are mm-hmm. specifically set up where they know Titans are mm-hmm. yeah, to monitor mm-hmm. them. So, I mean, that's maybe part of the Randa information, which we then later get there. We find that those Randa files have coordinates to different parts of the world. So maybe oh, that's had the, part of it. He had the map in his mm-hmm. office in the first episode. Mm-hmm. That could... Oh. Okay. Yep. I wonder if that yeah. lo- aligns with the map that we see in King of the Monsters. That'd be an interesting mm-hmm. image comparison. I'll have mm-hmm. to look into that. I'll have to see and compare, and we'll keep connecting those red yeah. strings on the board. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what they want you to do. Mm-hmm. I just want to see Big Lizard do a big breath. That's it. That's right. That's <laughs> what we need. <laughs> he needs a breath. So, but then we do get the big payoff in this episode, which is in 1954 again, where everyone's on the beach. They're all getting ready and they're waiting and they've got their, you know, special blast goggles. And you get that shot of all these military folks sitting on the beach, sipping Mai Tais and mm-hmm. nothing's happening and everyone's starting to get impatient. But then you finally get the the sonar pings and the equipment starting to short out. And then they see the spikes coming up out of the water and it's like, oh, shit. Here he comes. It's the giant yeah. lizard. So this turns into a complete, full-on, what this was, like, the all the reference footage from the Godzilla 2014 movie, talking about the tests in the 50s, 
here it is. We're watching it happen. We're part of it. Mm-hmm. And you, it's such a great buildup in watching Godzilla coming up to the beach. Keiko and uh, Randa watching along. Keiko starts to get very upset. She's saying, like, this is wrong. We can't do this. Um, Shaw's moved to try one last time to ask the general to stand down. Obviously, he's like, that's not going to happen. And this very dramatic shot of Keiko goes running to stop the bomb while you hear the the countdown, which again, the countdown was even in the original movie leading up to the bomb's explosion. But the only difference here is we actually get to see Godzilla come up out of the water and he looks at the bomb and he's just like, I guess that's that's that feels tasty. Looks like a good snack. <laughs> looks like a yummy little snack. <laughs> it reminded me of a puppy, yeah. like a giant scaly puppy going like, ooh, mm-hmm. ooh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> does have a bulldog look to him, doesn't it? Got the, mm. got the nose. Yeah, like just the, the shape of the nose and everything. It's just like mm-hmm. I, you feel like you'd be cute. Yeah. Like yeah. Definitely shrink like, it down a bit. Where it is I want to pet him. <laughs> mm. I used to think the 2000s Godzilla looked like a dog, and I wanted to pet him. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, that's probably like one of the coolest things we've seen so far. You get this amazing, wonderful shot of Godzilla. It's completely fresh and new. You get that really cool shot, of, like riding up the back of his spines over mm-hmm. the top of his head. Um, and then of course the giant nuclear explosion with everyone getting knocked back and nuclear. <laughs> nuclear. That's a joke. That he shot always, reminds me a lot of nuclear. It drives me nuts. <laughs> in, uh, in Oppenheimer. Have you seen that? No. Yes. All, no. all the military people just sitting in chairs watching explosions. Mm-hmm. Happen. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. Very similar here. Yeah. Yeah. With like the glasses and everything. They're all just like lying yeah. back. Just like, we're in a safe distance. We're not going to get radiation. Oh, you all get right. Every yeah. single one of them. They're all going to die with cancer. They're all, they're all fucked. <laughs> the only thing I wish that had happened in that scene, and I'm, I understand why they didn't do it, but I was really hoping that they'd have the drama, have Keiko like crying, like, what have we done? Oh, no. And then like you look up and like, hey, he's still standing there. Shit. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. That's how I wanted that scene to end, was everyone just like all the military people's faces just drop <laughs> when they see him still standing there. That would have been good. Yeah. That would have been, uh, but then it kind of it goes against 2014 then because not many people knew about it. And if he was just if he was just chilling there, squaring up like you try to bomb me, it'd be like, well, you're still alive, so we got to tell everyone now. Well, so that's a good point. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So he probably just like had the explosion like, ooh, this is like a bit too spicy for me, and then went back into water. <laughs> that's a spicy yeah. meatball. <laughs> that's a spicy meatball. Well, that's an interesting point though. Like that one bit back. If you did that scene any differently, it kind of changes the context of how we get to the 2014 incident. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. I think they had to do it that way to maintain sort of like, no, we are still in the same timeline. I mean, um, even in the, tw- the 2014 movie, they didn't know whether he was alive or dead. Like, they didn't right. know that if Godzilla right. died. Yeah. I mean, they were waiting oh, for him. I'm sure they assumed he did. Yeah, they assumed the he was dead. It's interesting how that movie gets better and better with added context, even though it wasn't that great of a movie. Like, mm. it's fine, but they just built upon it in a really smart way. Yeah, I'm trying yeah. to think it now, too, even watching the show, I start to wonder if this was all established back then when they first were planning this movie and putting this together. I'm Absolutely wondering not. if they're just doing a really good job of pulling <laughs> strings out of the original script, or if they were actually like Probably. some people at Legendary were like, okay, we need to have these elements and these elements so that we can have an overarching universe that keeps going forward for decades. I, I think mean, maybe. Like, um, yeah. I think it's more like what the prequels and sequels for Star Wars have been doing where, like, there was the trilogy of movies and now, like, they're just filling in gaps with, like, series and stuff. So, like, mm-hmm. it feels like it's always planned, but it's really not. And they're just mm-hmm. kind of going with it. It's clever. And, like, <laughs> I think after this series, I think we'll all well, at least I'll go back and watch like Godzilla one and King of the Monsters and be like, does this make it feel better? Or like, does it make it flow and fill in all the gaps that like, at least I had when I first watched them. So mm. I like that point as well. Make you appreciate that original movie more. I mean, I still yeah. love the hell out of that movie, but I see, cause I know it's, it's definitely has its shortcomings. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Too many people, not enough <laughs> monsters. That's how they all are though. All of them. King of the Monsters, yeah, King was, so the monsters cool. was good. There's so many monsters. There's a lot of yeah. people, though. Anyway. But I love Sarazawa. Like, he's my mm-hmm. fave. So, back in 2015, we're on Air Duho. 
Yeah. I love the fact that he said that. He called it Welcome to Air Duo. Welcome. Uh, Shaw is talking about Hiroshi. Uh, he's explaining some things to the kids about who Hiroshi was. Like, yeah, he was a normal guy. And they're like, yeah, that's a typical, you know, psychopath or sociopath. Um, and there's this key line that he says that, you know, this is a secret, not a lie. And Kate's like, oh, they sound awfully similar. You know, it's like it's yeah. basically the same thing. And then May is talking about some of the data that she's going through uh, and finds that there were coordinates that lead to Alaska, which then uh, Shaw's able to work out like, oh, I know where this is. I know how to get to Hiroshi now. So we're going to go this way instead. Pretty much just a quick little like filler scene. Like, okay, they know where they need to be. So mm-hmm. they've, they've changed. I'm in this show. They've mentioned cryptids, which means that if they want to do something on a smaller scale in the monster verse. Mm-hmm. They could. Because they've mentioned Bigfoot and the Yukon Yeti. Yeah. That's true. Mm-hmm. Well, even with all the small monsters they've, they've introduced in these three episodes, you could do stuff based off them as well. Just like, he's these mm-hmm. little, like, like you, yeah, book cryptids, basically. You can make, mm-hmm. I don't know, mini series or like uh, YouTube shorts where it's like, here we're investigating monster XYZ and we're in the middle of the Amazon. And I don't want a monarch spinoff about Bigfoot, though. <laughs> Please don't. Well, do that. You just don't know how you just don't know how good it could be. I think there's promise there. <laughs> yeah, I I feel like Alex is onto something. What's that? It's just uh, what's that you movie like with the two? Uh, it's like the Frankenstein's monster versus Gargantua or whatever. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, I'd rather have a spin-off <laughs> show where they're trying to find it like Angelus or something. Like, let me get another Toho verse monster. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, if we're talking about spinoffs, I'd want one back Ghidora. Ghidorah's cool. Mm. Dora is cool. He's very He's cool, cool in King of the Monsters. Mm. Yeah. That's where I thought this was going as well with Alaska. And I was like, oh, it's snow. Is that where Ghidorah is? That's what is I in, thought like, too. Yeah. But then I, now he's in it, like, awesome. the Antarctica, Antarctica or something like that yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. So, I just, one last thing before, um, how the, um, it's a secret, not a lie. Keiko yeah. said the exact same thing, which means he borrowed mm-hmm. it from her, which means they got together at some point. I was going to say that as well, too, that Keiko <laughs> says that same line. About uh, yeah. not mentioning lies and secrets and then being different, you know? Yeah. yeah. Which is the next scene, literally the next scene. There's a distinction. Yeah. That, yeah. You know, Keiko and Randa are discussing the bombing. They are upset that they ended up doing a bombing when that's not what they intended to do. And Shaw comes to tell them that uh, Monarch is now fully funded because of the proof of Godzilla, essentially. And then they discuss, like, what that's going to mean for Monarch going forward. And that's where. The, the lies and secrets factor comes in. Like you said, Keiko basically says the same line, which Shaw then repurposes, you know, mm-hmm. 70 mm-hmm. years later. So, yep. <laughs> and that's what we call love, folks. <laughs> <laughs> love. I like this scene a lot. The fact that the army is like, oh no, we're going to give you as much money as you want. <laughs> Blank check. Yeah, you can mm-hmm. have anything you, you want to like make sure this doesn't happen. That makes it me was wonder the promise though. that there's more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. It, it also makes me wonder with, with the canon timeline of this is 1954, the government's given them a blank check. Fast forward to 20 years on Skull In Island. Seven days, yeah. Monarch is washed up and Randa mm. is begging <laughs> for support. Mm. Well, so that would like, be like either like changing government or it could be they did have all that money, but then they didn't have anything to show for it for that long. Probably like, yes. because the whole like what Shaw was saying, like tell me what I need tell to me. know. Yeah, it basically. Could be it. So they're probably keeping a lot of it under wraps. Like they've got all That's these true. sites that they're not going to tell the government about because they don't want the government destroying these titans. That's true. They could have been the blowing all that Godzilla. money and not telling yeah. the government. And then the government's like, well, this is just a big waste of money. So we're yeah. not going to keep You've funding got, you. Well, they said that in Skull Island. Like, like, where's all this? Like, we've you've spent all this money. There's nothing to show for it. It could also not be. Not only that, but America had oh. major wars in between well, yeah. those. Yeah. Lands, so they spent a lot of money anyways. Yes, that's, that's just a mm. minor detail. doesn't matter whatsoever. <laughs> um, what I was... Kind of what I just thought because after, we know Keiko's dead because you know mm-hmm. roaches. Right. Maybe after that, Randa kind of went into like a frenzy, spending all this money trying to figure stuff out. Maybe he was researching to bring people back with monster DNA, and he dumped all that money. And that's where Shaw was like, "All right, mm-hmm. peace," because mm-hmm. then Shaw's not in Skyline or referenced at all, which probably yeah. because he wasn't thought of. 
but that could be why they're out of money and why the government's like, do we even trust you anymore? Which is why he maybe Keiko survives that, and that's why he's trying to like get those monster cells or something to like rebuild her body. I was adamantly shut down when I made the, the notion of Keiko <laughs> surviving that attack. Yeah, well, <laughs> because she fell from a decent height into a bed of evil yeah, baby whatever. roaches. If you're not going to be killed by the fall, you're going to get eaten from babies. And then a bigger fish shows up and goes, man, yeah. and all the dredges <laughs> scatter. <laughs> there's, yeah. there's, there's always a bigger fish. Ways you could do it. Yeah. <laughs> so what happens? Baby crunchy roaches. Crunch, crunch, nom, nom. <laughs> like those little like snacky <laughs> things in the bags. Slimy yet satisfying. <laughs> <laughs> that was Brandy's motto for episode two. Yes. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> So to close out this episode, there's a long string of events that ultimately ends up in this massive payoff. Where, but at the beginning of it, I want to mention something small. So in the beginning, it starts with Kate sitting uh, adjacent to Duho, uh, and she's upset about her father and whether or not she wants to see him if he's still alive or if he's dead. And uh, Duho gives her kind of like this fun little pep talk, and you're like, mm-hmm. man, Duho is a really cool dude. I like this Love guy. And then the plane hits some rough weather and Shaw takes control uh, and starts flying the plane. But the thing I want to mention here is a quick line with Kentaro when he points out the window and says, what's that down there? And everybody goes, huh, what? Nobody's paying attention to that. But you actually see in the window somewhere off in the distance is a small, what looks like explosion that he sees. And then uh, this can't be nothing. Yeah, I missed that part the first time, but when he Mm -hmm. went back and watched it, like he was like frame by frame, and I'm like, oh yeah, there is an explosion in that. Was an explosion or like um a reflection of like a lens sort of deal? It looked like an explosion. The mountain moved. I'm looking at it now. Yeah, Yeah. it's like uh there's like a quadruped thing, so it could just be foreshadowing of the thing that's gonna pop up, or it could be another thing. Yeah, I mean, like I wonder if Hiroshi. I didn't zoom in on that shot or anything, but from like the the clean shot as it is, it's just like an orange blur in the background through the window. Okay. So again, like yeah. I said, it looked kind of like an explosion and he says, what was that? You know, and it was it Hiroshi trying to signal the plane, you know, was it foreshadowing for the monster or maybe a different monster? And this is going to lead into the, the closing of this episode is they land, they find the old plane that's been there for almost a year, but they also find a campsite and proof that Hiroshi is still alive. Mm-hmm. And then you get this moment with the, the siblings. Mm-hmm. So back to what you were saying, Tom, you were like, ah, I don't know about this Kentaro, but there's this really tender moment between yeah. Kate and Kentaro when they realize their father lived. So they have this a little bit of a turn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That I like that. They were, yeah, was, they were happy yeah. that he was alive and they hugged mm-hmm. and it was awesome. Yeah. By this point, I was like, okay, I, I'm in for the character drama because a lot of the show has been it's really just a character drama set within the context of a kaiju universe. And yeah. so I was like, Oh, that's a neat idea. I like how they're filming it and stuff. But by the, by we got to this point, I was like, all right, I'm in for the character drama too now. Yeah. Yeah. The deeper, I want them is. to find Hiroshi. Like what the mm-hmm. hell is going on? <laughs> I want it to be like a Jumanji situation where they find Hiroshi. And he's just been living off of monsters. And like, he's eating, like <laughs> the beginning. You always see like these doubles. I wonder if he's like been cloned. With monster jeans. Mm. <laughs> oh, your theory was ridiculous, Tom, and you can't take that. <laughs> when do we get which one was ridiculous? <laughs> when do we get flying saucers in the, the yeah right. the legendary monster verse? When they're gonna right. bring in aliens, because there's always aliens <laughs> in the Japanese <laughs> movies. They wear mm-hmm. nice jackets in Final Wars. <laughs> they're real they watched way too much Matrix and just thought that's how people dressed. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what about the ones that like uh, turn into roaches? Mm, what? Are you, you should talk about Godzilla versus Mega Godzilla. No, Godzilla versus Gigan. They're yeah. giant roaches. Gigan. Oh, Ew, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a while That's since disgusting. I've seen that one. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, era was weird. Oh, yeah. All the 70s <laughs> movies are bonkers. Mm-hmm. I referenced the talking Godzilla, too, which is also from that movie. Mm-hmm. We have a little cutaway to the talking Godzilla in the last episode. Yeah. Oh, nice. So anyways, the uh, this tender moment is cut short because then we see Duho uh, investigating the crash site. He finds a securing line and realizes this plane didn't crash, but rather it was attacked. So he was like, mm-hmm. okay, something's wrong here. We need to go. And he warns everybody and he's running back to the plane 
And then, of course, the ground starts shifting and it's like, oh, perfect timing. It's here now. Uh, <laughs> and as mm-hmm. Duo is getting the plane going, this big, crazy, spiky cat lion. It's like a pangolin. Like a yeah, pangolin, like the, yeah. an echidna yeah, the, face. Yeah. Yeah, that thing pops out Squid of the ground face. and has the ability to freeze things by like sucking. Yeah. I don't know was exactly it what was or happening. Was it yeah, spitting? It's, no, it's uh, it was sucking all the air out of the, of yeah, the area, like, and that so you freeze from the outside in. Oh, yeah, like it's freeze from the inside out because there was definitely a sucking action happening. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I I noticed that as well. I was like, oh, so he's not breathing ice. He's like taking every single bit of oxygen out of the area to the point where it just freezes. That makes hmm. sense. Yeah. So then, of course, we Would get you- that massive cliffhanger that we were all complaining about earlier, where the plane. And our beloved Duho are now frozen and everybody's crushed. left to die. And smushed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He did squish the plane. That thing is crazy looking. Yeah. That, that made me sad. Uh, it's Duho. really unfortunate because Duho, Duho was is such amazing. Like, yeah. An element of light and he brought a lot of humor to the, yeah. the group. Mm-hmm. So now we don't have that he anymore. Did. Maybe Shaw's funny. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like they gotta like bring him back, Shaw. Shaw, go give him some of your your magic monster blood. Yeah, your, mo- your magic <laughs> monster genes. Give him your G fuel. <laughs> so, anyways, with that closing shot, this is kind of my theory that the explosion, orange, whatever thing that Kentaro saw, has something to do with what's going to happen next in the next episode. Because how the hell are they going to survive that? Mm-hmm. They're stranded in the middle of nowhere without a plane and a giant monster staring down on them. Something mm-hmm. or someone is going to intervene. Well, like I was just re-looking at that scene you're talking about, and I think it is just this thing. Because it it's like you see the general silhouette of the mm. pangolin creature, and then it like closes in the, the gap and makes it look like a mountain. And so it's either mm. this thing or another thing, but it's clearly like mm. a creature on the like sight line of the hill. I'm gonna have to go look at that again. Look at it. Yeah. It does not look like an explosion in hindsight. Uh, okay. Well, maybe the picture now. Like, either wow. way, they're they're screwed. Mm. Yeah. Unless unless there's a bigger monster who eats the little monster. <clears throat> yeah. Because like you said, always, always a bigger fish. Yeah. Always a bigger fish. Um, but one thing I wanted to say before we move on again, uh, when they were landing the plane and it was Shaw and Kate. And like they just like work together and everything. That laugh after they landed yeah. against them, it's like, no, they're related. They're related. They're yeah. related. Yeah. And that was like my first reaction to it. I was just my first thought. She's like, yeah, now she's no way related to Billy Randa, the that loser. She's related <laughs> to him. It's a really good scene because they put the water yeah. uh, on the on yeah. the he's dash. Like, he's like, take a shot or take a swig or whatever. And she's like, it's just water. He's like, yeah, okay, <laughs> now put it up there. <laughs> this is gonna hold help. it and start move. <laughs> It's really clever. I like that whole sequence. Yeah. It's like so that he had like a level. <laughs> yeah, like an altitude. Spend enough time and like looking at hills and mountains. You start imagining, especially if you're somebody who watches a lot of these movies, you start imagining like what if you're driving down the road and the hill just like gets it's up, moves a bit, settles back, back down. <laughs> yeah, it's just a big thing, right? <laughs> All right. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. So that it was more just foreshadowing. It's a, it's a cool idea. Yeah. All right. That just, so if that's the case, then my assumption is going to be Hiroshi's going to pop up and do something to scare off that big bastard. Mm, yeah, he's got he's got the torch. Yeah, right. Mm. Or it, could the like a, <laughs> it could be like a like a sonic sound device sort of deal because if he lives underground, because it looks like he lives underground, they're probably yeah. just sounds. It's probably just like a loud noise thing, which could be made out of scrap. I mean, it's like the away. King of the Monsters where they're able to like mm-hmm. do the roars, like they manipulate mm-hmm. the sound of that the, makes a lot of sense. Titans, yeah. and it, you can, you know, kind of tell them what to do or th- something like that. I'd be really into yeah. that if Hiroshi showed up and like did a sound thing, and it's a prototype to what they use in King of the Monsters. Mm-hmm. That's a good, like, that'd be that'd be an epic, like ooh, like putting all yeah, the strings tie-in. together kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just want to know where the show's going overall. Like, yeah. I know that, that's the beauty of the show is we have no idea. We have no mm-hmm. clue. There's where it's no going. expectations, basically. So it's like, right? Yeah. If I were to have a guess, I think it would lead directly into Godzilla, King of the Monsters. I, I think, think it's them discovering that that event is going to happen. Mm-hmm. That would be really yeah. interesting. Well, that could also be what Hiroshi is trying to find out. Mm-hmm. In like trying to research as much as he can and 
maybe he's heard of Ghidorah and is like, I can't let Monarch try and wake him up because, you yeah, know. If he knows what Ghidorah mm-hmm. is and finds out, like, the truth behind Ghidorah, but then ends up getting, that truth gets buried somehow, like, Ooh. right, that would be good. That'd be good. Because that is an apocalyptic event. Like, a yeah. bunch of people are horrifically killed oh, in yeah. King of the Monsters mm-hmm. all over the world. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so that's that's like a major like firecracker moment for this world. And so it'd be interesting for him to like learn that the end is coming and then Monarch being saying like, we don't care. (laughs) We we don't believe you. We're going to, we've got everything under control. It's fine. I feel like, so it's that like struggle end of rogue one type of situation where they're all screwed in the end. Like, you know how it turns out. (laughs) Yeah. I think it also makes sense because Ghidorah, even though he wasn't the first 2014 one, he's sort of like the main antagonist of all the others, pretty much. Because he's teased mm-hmm. at the end of um, Skull Island. He gets released in King of the Monsters, and then his brain is used for Mechagodzilla, or one right. of them. So it seems like yeah. maybe even if he's dead, like he's throughout, he's like the root cause of a lot of things. So it wouldn't surprise me yeah, if it's just all about trying to stop Ghidorah, fails King of the Monsters, and yada, yada, yada. I feel like there should be a Ghidorah timeline here because they do mention that he like fell out of the sky. He's yeah. like an he's fr- not from this world, right? And so yeah. there, if you explore that in some shape or fashion, I think it could really add to just the context of that monster in general. That's why I think like a Ghidorah series or Ghidorah like something centered on him could be so interesting because you wouldn't have to be on Earth. You could do like mm, sort of either first contact, or it could be like he's like this completely different take on this same universe but like you get this whole new like new characters new environments and i think that could be really interesting because i don't know if in previous godzilla things you've seen much of Ghidorah besides he's three-headed dragon he bad um <laughs> but like i've always been there's like a time travel element one of them he's yeah there's Close. time travel elements <laughs> and Ghidorah historically in pretty much every classic godzilla movie is a space monster that comes mm-hmm. to earth and he yeah. is trying to North. take over the earth or he's being used by oh, space. Sent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. He's being mm-hmm. sent by aliens to take over the earth, but mm-hmm. he's always a monster that is not of earth. Yeah, right. He's original. almost always like alien in yeah. some regard. There's mm-hmm. one random off movie where he's a defender of earth, protecting it from Godzilla. But that one is like a one-off that is very oh, unnatural. Uncanny. That's Astro monster. Mm-hmm. I think something like that. Yeah forget which one it is i would think it's one of the 90s ones it could be the that like destroy all monsters kind of like remake where godzilla is a bad guy but we we're going oh. way off on like but no ghidra is such a great take and there's like i we were talking about this before as far as like how, where are they going with monarch what is the say, point mm-hmm. of the show is it going to be a one-off series are they going to try to keep doing it for multiple seasons is it going to be this is one season and then it's going to be Monarch something else? Monarch, you know, Legacy of Ghidra. We mm-hmm. don't know. We have no idea what they're mm-hmm. trying to do. Is it looking to tie into the next Godzilla movie that's coming out next year? It's called The New Empire. That's it, yeah. Okay. Which I'm sure is going to tie in very tightly to the um, the inner Earth that they mm-hmm. find. The Hollow Earth. 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 Yeah. The Hollow Earth. Yeah, he's, chilling. he's chilling there now. Yeah, so like move to the inner Earth, Hollow Earth. I'm sorry. At this mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, theories aside, wild tangents <laughs> aside, let's move on to our episode ratings. Pause for dramatic effect. Wow. Now, what is your rating? Um, I think I'll probably be the lowest out of the four of us because I'd give it a seven. Um, <laughs> Because, like I said at the at the beginning, there was a lot of like big like big high moments. I was like, "Damn, this is cool, this is awesome." But then there was those parts that just pissed me off, like <laughs> the not paying off the um dragon. The cliffhanger from last week, mm-hmm. dragon, um, and just like a lot of times I just didn't feel as engaged. Maybe because there was a lot more bouncing back and forth. Maybe because. I don't have as much knowledge as Godzilla as you guys do. I don't didn't get that much of like whoa. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I s- still enjoy it. Still keen to see where it goes. Um, still very interested, especially now after this cliffhanger, which please don't cut it off and do like, Oh, two years later, they're now in Cuba <laughs> or something like that. Oh, I like, hope it doesn't do a time jump. I, d- I hate time jumps like mm-hmm. that. Like, come yeah, which on. is why, which is why mm-hmm. I hated the past episode. 
past sequence in this episode. Um, but if they do that, then that's like, God damn it, I'm going to strangle you. Um, but that's why, yeah, I, I sit at a seven. Fair, fair. How about you, Alex? I would give this one an eight, and I would say that it's maybe aside from the first episode, because I like the introduction of uh, our lead characters in that one. But I think that this is a really strong episode. There's a lot of stuff that like ties it into the movie and just kind of, you know, echoes Godzilla lore in general. And so there's a lot of good things going on in this. I like that human connection when they find, you know, their dad's probably alive. And there's there's just a lot that is really fun going on in this series. I just I really want to know where this is all going because it, it's got its hooks in me now. And it sucks because I was just looking at like, oh, there should be a new episode tonight or tomorrow. Nope, they're skipping a nope. week. It's every Friday. They yeah. released it on a Wednesday. It was a Friday and then a Wednesday. And yeah. then now they're doing it on the 1st of December. And it's like, ah, crap. Yeah, so it's going to to Friday. Wait a while. Yeah. So we can sit and think about it and get our crackpot theories on. But no, it's it's a cool show. I'm having a lot of fun. I think this is a great time to be into Godzilla because there's just mm-hmm. there's so much effort being put into the American mm-hmm. take on it. And then it, subsequently, there's a lot of effort being put into the Japanese take on it because we have Godzilla minus one uh, mm-hmm. later this year. So excited. We're seeing it next I week. Can't. Oh, I can't. Next Wednesday. Next week. I'm gonna have to drive like three hours ah. to find a theater, but my God, we're doing it. <laughs> I'm gonna give it an eight point five. I would have given it a nine. You and your but, point fives. Yeah, <laughs> but but Duho, I'm very upset about that. Mm. So Minus I knocked point five for that. Um, but yeah. The, the shots of Godzilla, like we had some serious lizard action, so I'm happy. Mm. I'm very happy about that. And the fact that it ties into 2014 and the fact that it's got the historical like the bombing of Bikini Atoll and all that, like it's really cool. Like It was really, mm-hmm. we were bombing Godzilla not just doing nuclear testing. It's fine. So yeah, it was good. I, I definitely enjoyed the characters, the 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 the, the inner mm. workings of the characters and then the, the very tender moments and then like the laughing and the, the fun and the, the angst. It was good. I, I can't wait mm-hmm. to see what happens next. Surprisingly <sighs> good character writing for a monster yeah. thing. Right. Yeah. 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 We praised the first few episodes for the same thing, saying that like the writing is pretty decent and solid uh, to like, kind of like build up some of the characters. And for myself, my rating, uh, I'm going to be generous again and give it another nine, but that's because I'm a big old sucker Godzilla fan who has been through it all. I've seen the worst of it and I've seen the best of it. And mm-hmm. I very happy to get all of the sweet, sweet, sweet Godzilla action. And there's a lot of moments in this episode with a lot of like hard geek out moments for me. Uh, again, like to Tom's point, this is very much because of how ingrained I am in the series and how long I've been a, just a diehard Godzilla fan. So like, there is multiple moments where I'm like, ooh, that's that's from the movie, and ooh, that references that, and ooh, you know, like, there's a lot of, like, little things that, like, make my little Godzilla heart sing. Mm-hmm. So, I'm really happy that the character dynamics are getting richer. I'm really happy that uh, it's getting those hooks, like, for you, Alex, talking about the character development, kind of like, okay, mm-hmm. now I'm invested in these characters. Because normally, in a Godzilla movie, there's always people, but you always don't give a crap about the people. <laughs> <laughs> it's know. really hard to care in it's a lot especially of especially in like like the old Shoho Godzilla movies. Like, what are these people are they do? These, they serve no purpose. Like, <laughs> says you, I love background character Zed. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> no, it's going to be really hard to disappoint me so far because I'm just happy to be getting such a well written and highly produced show about Godzilla, which mm-hmm. I never thought would mm-hmm. ever happen. And you throw a little splash of Godzilla in there and I'm pretty happy. And then add in the extra monsters. Because for me, I'm like, which monsters am I going to see in the show expecting classic Godzilla characters and monsters? Yeah. But we're getting new and fresh ones and unique ones. And that's just, yay, more monsters. Well, I, I also love the fact that like Monarch's always been this thing in mm-hmm. these stories and these these monster movies but this is telling us how monarch came to be and like what monarch is and that's interesting to me i like that 
I also like that they do the references and callbacks without being exceptionally obvious, like how some of the mm-hmm. Marvel and DC film stuff is. Yeah. Like in yeah. the Flash movie, Batman shows up and it's like, man, man Batman, <laughs> all the classic <laughs> stuff. But uh, in this, movie. it's like they, they just show things and then don't elaborate any further. And that's totally fine. Like it, it's up to the fans to kind of like recognize certain imagery because they mm-hmm. want you to be investigative, I think, in the show. Mm hmm. That's cool. Great Sometimes. time to be a Godzilla fan. Oh, Holy shit. Heck yeah. <laughs> heck yeah. Absolutely. I'm 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 eating really well. Mm-hmm. All we fan. need is like one good video game and we're gonna be yeah. like, I mean, maybe decade. maybe this opens up some doors if we as long as Game Mill doesn't make it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you don't know the Skull Island, whatever was it comes King Kong Kong, Skull Island. Yeah, something like that. They Before we go down <laughs> that rabbit hole, we gotta say <laughs> yeah, no. good night. Um, Alex, do you want to tell us about uh, tell everyone about where they can find you? Sure. So all pretty much everything that I do creatively is available on foreverclassicgames.com. Uh, we're a completely ad-free, clutter-free games media, in, completely independently owned uh, outlet, and so everything that we do is in our volunteer time. And we've done a lot of really cool interviews and reviews, and there's just a lot of excellent work available on that website and then we also stream on occasion fighting games locally here in minnesota is a big part of it my buddy is actively doing a big charity run so we're helping out with all these different local organizations and it's just a really good time and obviously i'm at stride pr during the day and you should absolutely play more indie games and boy we got a bunch of good ones mm-hmm. a lot of good ones this time around world of horror slay the princess ghost runner 2 like <laughs> these are all exceptionally That's cool bad. games and i work with them can confirm Ghost Run 2 is a banger. It's a banger. I'm in the it's credits. If we're talking about <laughs> games, like a, there is a new Godzilla game that came out, Box of Wars, that I'm playing and reviewing now too. It's it's, it's cute, it's fun, but it's not a it's not like a Godzilla game as you might <laughs> hope for. That's what I was waiting for. Have you done Giga Bash? Not yet. It's on my list. Okay, All it's right. on my list. You um, like that? Yeah. So is it, uh, yeah, it's a shout us out here, uh, myself, Brandy, Tom, we all work and write for Couch Soup and CouchSoup.com. We make videos, we make fun podcasts, and we write stuff about anything and everything we want, because why not? So mm-hmm. check us out over at Couch Soup, where you can watch this podcast. I think every Tuesday is where we're going to be landing in our <laughs> schedule. Can't confirm yet, but... Uh, Maybe every Tuesday you can watch us over on YouTube.com and you can listen to us on your favorite podcasting platforms under the Watching Now header. Uh, so thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Alex, for being here for this. And uh, I have one more thing to shout out that I completely yeah, forgot about. Man. So my co-host in this whole endeavor, my, my, uh, my lieutenant captain, uh, his name is Zack Snyder. And it's spelled Z-A-C-H instead of Z-A-C-K. So for the entire run of our podcast, we've been like, oh, I'm Alex and this is Zack Snyder. No, not that one. And so we are doing a Zack Snyder director like film review. And that's a <laughs> podcast series that starts coming out, I think, I think on the 4th of December. So keep an eye out for those. We're checking out every single movie that he's directed and we're going to go clear to Rebel Moon part two. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's a fun time. Interesting. I know a I know people that would be interested in that <laughs> for sure. All right. Anyways, again, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Brandy. Thank you, Tom. And thank you, Alex, for being here. Be sure to visit the website. See all the awesome articles and videos over there and uh, check it, fill, feed your hungry nerd soul. Until next week. Cowabunga. Watch more Godzilla, please. Yes. Watch all the Godzilla. Watch Son of Godzilla. Don't watch that. That's the first one I ever saw. Ah. Get your tinfoil hats on. (laughs) Do your best Charlie Day impersonation. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Alien!